You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. we've been forgiven of. Well, yeah, we're all going to die. Really? The wages of sin is death. They're talking spiritual death. Away from God eternally. Darkness. We take sin too lightly because we've been forgiven. We take it too lightly. We take it way too lightly. Don't ever take sin lightly. Don't ever put Jesus back on that cross. Don't ever take it lightly. If you gave your life to free someone from slavery just for them to return to it of their own will, that would greatly dishonor your sacrifice. Sadly, many believers do this with Christ's death. As Pastor Dave will exhort us in today's message, if you've been freed from the slavery of sin, don't submit yourself back under its power. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 12. As he continues his message, you are the man. from a retreat and we were upstairs and people downstairs we had been witnessing to several times but the Lord kept on impressing upon my heart go down and tell the guy Jesus loves you go down and tell that man Jesus loves you and I would walk down the steps we lived on the second floor in Ocean City I'd walk down the steps and I'd look out and go well he's not on the porch I can't say anything to him you know and I was walking around and I was so I was up there and I was praying about it and finally the Lord impressed upon me so hard to go down and tell that man that Jesus loves him I went down the stairs and I said okay Lord I'll only tell him that you love him if he's on the porch I put a fleece out there I turned the corner and guess what it was on the porch I walked up to him, and I said, I don't know what's happening here, and I don't know what you're going through, but I'm here to tell you Jesus loves you. The guy broke down. The guy broke down and started to cry. They were having a major crisis in the house. It's hard to do that. We're so afraid. But if the Lord sets it up, he's going to do two things. He's going to give you power to say what you need to say, and he's going to make the other person receptive to what you're saying. He's going to set that up for you. And that's what the Lord does. And I see that happening here. Nathan is going to the king. And he's got to tell the king, you're the man. You are the man. You're the one that did this. My gosh. I see here the spirit at work in Nathan's heart, giving him words of wisdom, words of knowledge, giving Nathan boldness. In Acts 4, they prayed and prayed and prayed, and they were hit with boldness. They prayed for boldness from the Lord. That's one of the things we can expect from the Holy Spirit. Boldness to be witnesses of Him, of Jesus Christ, it says. And you will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's a boldness that we get, only by the Holy Spirit. I see that in Nathan. Nathan used the sword of the Spirit to cut David's heart to the quick, to do major surgery in David's heart. It was like holding up a mirror to David and said, look in this mirror, David. You're the man. Look in this mirror. Have you ever looked in a mirror? Have you ever looked in a mirror and see yourself back that way? That way? I have. I debated whether I was going to tell you this story tonight, but I really think I need to tell you this story. When B first went back to the Lord, I was not saved. I was a crazy heathen. 
And one thing I love to do, she would go to Bible study, and I would go to Atlantic City and gamble. She would go to Bible study, and I would go to Atlantic City and gamble. I knew how long she was gone, so I would go over to, we lived in Ocean City, Atlantic City was just a hop away. And I was a gambler, and I loved to gamble. And I was gambling all the time, but it got so bad that I would walk around when I didn't have any money. I would walk around and I would do the um, slot machine swipe. I'd put my hand in the slot machine to see if there was an extra quarter lying around. Remember when we were kids, we'd run to the phone booth and put our fingers in the slot to see if money was there? Well, I was doing that to the slot machines, and I'd do that, and I'd do that, and I'd do that. Well, the Lord was working on my heart. Little did I know that Beatrice was praying for me with the whole group over in Ocean City, and they were praying for me. Little did I know that every time I went to sleep, she put her hand on me and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Little did I know the Lord was working my heart. And then it hit me one day. I was in the Tropicana. I'll never forget it. I was in the Tropicana, and I don't know what possessed me, but I was looking for a quarter, and I was on my hands and knees crawling along the floor by the slot machines, looking for a stupid quarter that I could put in the slot machine. And I looked up. There was a mirror right there. I went, (gasps) The Lord was working on my heart. Now, why did I tell you that? I didn't tell you that for you to go, wow. I told you that because look at God's grace. Look at God's mercy. Look what God has done. Look what God has done, because I am no more a sinner than you. We are all sinners saved by grace. We are all sinners saved by God's grace. Oh, how we need his grace. How we need his love. How we need his mercy. We all had a point where we started, and we all had a point where we came to the Lord. I wish I could have told you that was the point, but that began it. That was what began the whole snowball rowing. I saw myself in the mirror. This is what Nathan's doing. Nathan's taking a mirror to David and said, look in this mirror, David. You're the man. And David looked in that mirror, and he saw something. Going, oh, my. He understood. David understood what happened. David understood the entire parable. It came to him. I'm sure the Spirit of the Lord showed him. This must have been a really sobering point. This must have really been a sobering point for David. Can you imagine him sitting there, and all of a sudden he hears the gavel? Guilty. Oh, David. You know, when we truly examine our own lives, and when we see ourselves in God's mirror, when we see ourselves in God's light, when we see ourselves the way God sees us, man, that's a humbling place to be. That's a humbling place to be when you see yourself as God sees you. When you see yourself, the disgusting you in my heart, the heart is the deceitful thing. It's wicked, deceitfully. Who can know it? God knows it. God knows it. When we come to that realization that we who are guilty, that we are nothing more than sinners, we need the grace that God provides. We need that grace. We need that grace. And if you look at anybody, like this rich man looked at this poor man, if you look at anybody and put yourself above them, you need God's grace bad. We're all equal in the eyes of the Lord. We are all equal in the eyes of the Lord. So Nathan now has David's attention. Oh, David wants to listen now because now he's maybe starting to break a sweat. He's like, okay, Nathan's going to proceed with the surgery on David's heart. And the Lord continues to give him things to say. Let's read 7b down to 9. I'll read the whole thing of 7. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. Thus says the Lord of Israel. Uh Uh-oh. Here it comes, David. The prophet is saying, thus says the Lord of Israel, and David knows this is coming directly from God himself. This is coming directly from our Lord, and he better listen tight. And listen to what the Lord says through Nathan. I, 
Not Nathan. This is the Lord speaking. I appointed, anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if it had been too little, I would have also given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and you have taken his wife to be your wife and you have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Wow. Wow. What a sombering moment that must have been. David. It seems like David, in the midst of his sin, forgot all the wonderful things God had done for him. Is he any different than we are? Sometimes we just forget all the wonderful things God has done for us. We forget those 75 blessings that I gave you weeks ago that the Lord has done to you, done for us in Jesus Christ. We forget salvation. We forget all that happened on the cross. Nathan told David that the Lord had given him everything and would have given him more. Would have given him more. But David despised God's commandments and he acted as though he had privilege by sinning. He coveted. He committed murder. He bore false witness. And by he killed, he broke four commandments four of God's commandments, and then he covered up and tried to get away with it. God wouldn't have it. God would not have it. It's very interesting to me is that sometimes a person who has some authority or has been given much begins to think they are above the commandments of God. You hear what I'm saying here? Sometimes when people are given a little authority, they begin to think that they're above God's law and that God's law doesn't apply to them for some reason. And they think that they have kind of a pass. Nothing could be more wrong than that kind of thinking. In fact, just the opposite is true. The scripture says, do he haven't been given much? Much is expected. Also, it says that those who teach and have authority over others will be held to a higher standard. They'll be held to a higher standard. God had given David great responsibility over his children, the nation Israel. Those were God's children. Those were the ones he loved. And when we look back on all that God had done for us, what should it make us do? It should make us fall on our face before our God and crawl to him with our knees and our hands open and say, Lord, we love you. Thank you. Thank you. It should make us so humble. It should bring tears to our eyes when we see all that God has done for us. Just looking at the cross itself. Take time and look at the cross and, and see Jesus hanging there and see the blood, see the nail scars, see the crown of thorns, see his face all beat up, see the spear in his side. Look at it. Look at the horror of the cross. And if you can't stand it, go back and relook at the passion of the Christ. It was so vivid. It should make us weep every single time. It should make us weep every single time. Look, realize how much he loves us. It humbles us. It makes us fall to our knees. And you say, I'm not worthy. No, you're not. You'll never will be. God is. God is worthy. And God's love has covered a multitude of sins. God's love has taken care of it. He washed those sins away. And now, now that David's been told this, it's the ninth inning and God's up the bat. And he's about ready to hit a home run in David's life. And he's about ready to pass sentence. He's about ready to pass sentence. David, you've sinned. But now come the consequences. Here come the consequences for your sin. Let's look at verses 10 and 12. Now therefore, Nathan is still speaking the words of the Lord. So 
Imagine the Lord is still speaking. Now therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me, the Lord speaking, and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up adversary against you from your own house and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did it secretly, but I will do this before all of Israel, before the sun. God now has passed sentence on David. He has passed sentence for David's sin. David's sin with Bathsheba was a sin of passion. Was, was a sin of passion. It was a very passionate thing. But his sin with Uriah, that was premeditated. That was planned out. That was thought out. That was premeditated murder. It was disgraceful to the Lord. It was deliberate. But the Lord judges both sins, and David pays a dear penalty for not only his lust, but for his deceit as well. A dear penalty, a crazy penalty. For the rest of the life, the rest of the life of David, there will be strife in his house. Strife will rule his house. As we go through the rest of 2 Samuel, adversaries from in his own household will revolt against him. His wives would be violated by his own son, just like he took Bathsheba from Uriah. He would indeed pay, repay fourfold. His son born by Bathsheba will die, along with his sons Ammon, Absalom, and Abdenai. Fourfold, he will lose these sons. His daughter will be raped by one of his sons. He will be humiliated by sons and he will, who will sleep with his concubine. One tragedy after another will follow David the rest of his life. God has pronounced the sentence. The Lord told David, you did it in secret. Now I'm going to shout it from the rooftops and all Israel will know. Sin has deep consequences. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that what he will reap. If you sow to the flesh, you will reap the flesh. But if you sow to the spirit, you will reap things of the spirit. This must have hit David real hard. You can imagine David's voice quivered. I imagine there were tears when he comes to his senses, as well there should be. David says this in 13a. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. I have sinned against the Lord. You know that David reflects upon this when he writes Psalm 51, the Psalm of Repentance. It's David's confession when he realizes that he had sinned. When he realizes what, had, what he had done. It's almost like he was operating without knowledge. It's almost like he was operating outside of himself. And that's what sin does to us. Sin does so many crazy things to us. It's almost like we're operating and we don't really know what we're doing. Our minds are clouded. Our vision is clouded. Our thought process is clouded because of sin. Sin takes such a heavy toll on our body. It just takes us down deeper and deeper and deeper. And when we try to cover it up, it just gets deeper. When we try to get out of it by our own accord, when we try to get out of it our own way, it gets deeper and deeper. We start covering our tracks. And then we don't know which tracks we covered and which tracks we haven't. And then we start tripping over each other with the lies we tell. And everything gets convoluted and crazy. I've sinned against the Lord. I've sinned against the Lord. I've sinned against the Lord. He'll say against you and you alone, God, have I sinned? Have I done this great thing? You alone, Lord. But remember I told you that this book is about restoration. 
Remember I told you that this was a book of restoration? In fact, that was the theme of the entire thing. I've sinned against you, Lord. 13b, and Nathan said to David, the Lord has also put away your sin. You shall not die. Oh my. God's grace. God's grace poured out on David. God's grace poured out on David. You will not die. The wages of sin is death. David, you will not die. You will not die. David knew that the verdict was true. He was the man. He also knows that the sentence was just. You hear no argument from David. You near hear no excuses from David. No argument, no excuses. I've sinned against the Lord, period. Well, I didn't have to, but this, no, I sinned against the Lord, period. He confessed it. Nathan probably went, breathe a sigh of relief after this happened. He delivers the rest of the message. The Lord has put away your sin. I can imagine at that point, David dropped to his knees in thanksgiving. You can imagine at that point, David dropped to his knees. And you can read in Psalm 103, verses 3 and 4, how, and, and verse 12, how David gives thanks to the Lord. You can read in Psalm 32, when it says, Oh, how happy is the person whose transgressions are forgiven. Oh, what a wonderful thing to know that your sins are forgiven. And I think sometimes we walk around not knowing that. Not knowing what a deep price we should pay for our sins. I think we walk around thinking, oh, well, we're saved. No, that costs something. My sin costs something. My sin held Jesus to the cross. And I'm the greatest of sinners that held Jesus to the cross. It was my sin that held him up there. We need to realize what we've been forgiven of. Well, yeah, we're all going to die. Really? The wages of sin is death. They're talking spiritual death. Away from God eternally. Darkness. We take sin too lightly. Because we've been forgiven, we take it too lightly. We take it way too lightly. Don't ever take sin lightly. Don't ever put Jesus back on that cross. Don't ever take it lightly. Verse 14, there's a however. Now, David basically has been forgiven. David's been forgiven. Sentence has been passed. David has been forgiven. But there's a however in Nathan's reply that God says, God had forgiven David's sin by grace, but God's government had to permit David to get the consequences. He had to experience the consequences. God's forgiveness does not wipe away consequences. God's forgiveness does not wipe those away. Look at verse 14. However, because this deed you have given great occasion for the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also who is born to you shall surely die. The baby that he and Bathsheba brought forth will die. And during these months of silence that David suffers, he writes Psalm 32, he writes Psalm 51. And in Psalm 32, you have this picture of an old man instead of a great vile warrior. And in Psalm 51, you have a believer who almost lost everything, losing his purity, losing his joy, losing his witness, losing his peace, almost afraid that God's going to take the Holy Spirit away from him. Because of David's great emotional and physical pain, he left behind these prayers for us to read and glean from them. David's sin had another sting to it. 
And I think we see this from time to time in our own lives. And I think this is a sin that we must extremely be careful of. David's sin caused a great occasion for the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Are you living a lifestyle that would cause the enemies of the Lord to go, aha, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, you call yourself a Christian? The world loves it when a Christian falls. The world's happy and cheering when a Christian falls on their face. They can't wait to see you fall flat. Because of Christ's finished work on the cross, God is able to save lost sinners and forgive disobedient saints. And the sooner those who are lost and those who are disobedient repent and turn to God, the better off they will be. David writes this, I said, I will confess my transgressions to you, Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Isaiah the prophet said, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon his name while he is near. The Apostle John writes, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess your sins to God and experience immediate forgiveness, immediate cleansing, immediate restoration to fellowship with God. One commentator I read said this, quote, David's sin was forgiven, but the consequences he had to take. When God forgives us and restores us to favor, he uses the rod too. And life is never quite the same again. Oh yes, he restores the repentant child, but sometimes a man has to drink the bitter cup. A forgiven man may still have to reap what he has sown. Unquote. See, our gracious Father sets our sins before his face, even our secret sins, and they're revealed in the light of his countenance. He breaks our heart. He humbles us, and he brings us to confession, and he brings us to repentance in order to make us holy. Be ye holy, even as your Father in heaven is holy, and the Holy Spirit in you is conforming you to that image of Jesus Christ most holy. When you feel that conviction, when you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, repent, confess. Actually, confess and then repent. Confess, repent, turn away. Go back to God. He's waiting for you. Not you. We sang, cornerstone, we want to be faultless before the throne. I can stand faultless before the throne because of Jesus Christ. I'm standing on his righteousness, not my own. I'm standing on his goodness, not my own. I'm standing on his life, not my own. For me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. Because Christ is my life. He is the hope of my glory. None of us are now and will ever be immune to sin. Do not seek to excuse it. Do not seek to cover it up. Confess it to the Lord and let him take it away. I love this verse. We have an advocate with the Father. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We need to experience the joy and the blessedness of forgiven sin. Amen.
The book of 2 Samuel continues the story of King David as he's finally able to ascend the throne. Though he seemed to have achieved God's calling on his life, David's journey wasn't free of problems. David was still human, and he made mistakes that affected him and those he loved. But during the rest of his life, no matter where it took him, David remained a man after God's own heart. When confronted with his sin, David consistently turned back to his heavenly father, confessing and asking for forgiveness. David knew he wasn't perfect and that he needed the mercy only God could provide. Today, we hope you too remember that God's mercy is worth seeking. He's provided for you the grace you need to live free from your sin through the blood of Jesus. Jesus came to die on the cross in your place, taking the punishment your sins deserved. Would you like to know more about having your sins forgiven? Please visit our website then, assurehoperadio.com. Click on How to Be Saved to learn all about what Jesus has done for you and why you need His grace in your life. If you still have questions or would like us to pray with you, please don't hesitate to call us, 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We're so glad you tuned in today. You can hear more messages like this from Pastor Dave at our website as well. Just click on podcasts slash radio when you visit assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for joining us today on Assure Hope.